You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Everybody to the second leg of the 9 to 5 entertainment system where we start at episode 151. Season 2 starts now. What do we talk about? We kick it off with talking about the Royal Rumble and Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then we talk about Once Upon a Time in the West and Bill Cosby, because those segue together nicely. Naturally. Followed up by Gamergate, politics, and The Rock's presidential run in 2020. Then, Just in time for the twist, heel turn 2024. Oh, no. Murder on the Orient Express, Bioshock Infinite DLC, Dungeon Crawl Stone Suit, Pixel Dungeon, and finally The Big Sick. This and more on the 9 to 5 Entertainment episode 151. I was gonna say that that, we have was, two gets now, right? that was one two of get, my one of my suggestions in the in the early goings was nine to five set. set. Yeah, man, that, w- that would have been fucking great. Well, it was. I don't know. Ninety S is pretty awesome, also. That's it shortens also nicely to like just three syllables. Yeah. John is showing me an Iron Giant tiki mug. Great. That's actually Scott. Approximately. I, mean, uh, I don't know. I can't tell the two of you guys. I'm face blind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doctor diagnosed me as face blind. Hey guys. Uh, so I mean, this is our first episode back after the oh. big. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. special event that we did for episode 150. You guys remember that? I do. We well, Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, in a, in a sense, it, it, it satisfies what we're doing with 90s <laughs> on so many levels that an important milestone passes unremarked, and also that we just talk about a single movie. Talk about Star minutes. Wars. The feedback for that was overwhelming, and oh. I mean that in a literal sense. We're not even going to talk about the feedback because I'm overwhelmed. It, it overwhelmed you. Uh-huh. How are you guys doing? What's up? What's happening? My entire life, not my entire life, but my entire day on the internet has been devoted to uh, reading about all of the affairs that have gone on behind the scenes for the Royal Rumble. WWE just had its Royal Rumble this uh-huh. week. It was like considered by fans to be probably the best Royal Rumble in years. By Keith? By Keith, really enjoyed it. They had the first better, ever... His- better, best Royal Rumble in years? Um, I would, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I would say probably the, the best Royal Rumbles... Because there were two of them. It huh. was the first year ever that they had a women's Royal Rumble. Uh, totally so separate from the men's. Totally separate. Like, they didn't just have, like, they've, all, they've done it a couple times. They've thrown in, like, Beth Phoenix, I think, was in a Royal Rumble. There were three women previously in Royal Rumbles. It was China, then Beth Phoenix, and then Karma. Awesome uh, Kong. Awesome. Do they have 40 fighters? 30. 30. Uh, and not quite. Okay. They have, a, they, had a 20, they have about 20 or so just on roster. Just like Big Show in there at the end. And <laughs> no, they had about 20 on roster. He's, brought, he's the hands-on favorite. Who can throw Big Show out of the Rumble? Yeah. No one can. <laughs> they, had, they have about 20 women on roster. They had a couple of NXT wrestlers, and they had a couple of like legends come in. Which, I mean, is par for the course most of the time in the men's Rumble, too. Like there, There's always yeah, like, yeah, legends. Like like old Kevin Nash is going to wander in and insult yeah. everyone. Yeah, exactly. So we're not going to necessarily talk too much about the Royal Rumble, because Scott hasn't seen it, so we don't want to spoil surprise. it. But big... The biggest news that came out of it uh, is at the very end of the show, the the show is essentially over. Um, J- uh, Joan Jett starts blasting about how n- no one gives a damn about her bad reputation, Do which, they? if you recall, is the song that Ronda Rousey always came out to in the UFC. I did not. And out comes Ronda Rousey. So wearing uh, Hot Rod's jacket that Hot Rod's son gave to her. 
like wearing nice. like, I was like that jacket is weirdly from, oversized from the movie Hot Rod no from no, uh, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper okay that hot and has and has a shirt Hot Ronda like in the same font which I was like cute huh. but anyway I was like that leather jacket is too big for her but yeah uh, Piper's kid gave her Piper's jacket after Piper passed away or one of Piper's I mean gazillion leather jackets I'm sure he had a Closet. Probably had like four or five. Yeah, exactly. Meh, maybe more. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But as, as far as role models go for Ronda Rousey coming in, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper is just but about perfect. Well, yeah, and like, she had already, they had already, she had already, like, she asked him to use Rowdy for, like, like her moniker in UFC. Like, hmm. she didn't just, like, do that on the sly. She was, like, like. Rowdy Ronda Rousey? Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that was her UFC. Like, mm-hmm. when, uh, when Michael, not Michael Buffer, Bruce Buffer, or Michael Buffer. Which buffer announces UFC, Scott? I'm Michael. still buffering. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, and then the big news out of that camp this morning was that she signed not just like a one-match <coughs> appearance. She signed like a long-term contract with WWE. <laughs> so she's like joined. Like I mean, I don't know if it's a full roster contract or like a Brock, Brock Lesnar contract. <laughs> <laughs> they got to have a deal where they, they like test him out, right? Because like, it might not it might well, not be a fit when she's she gets a ba- there. Apparently, she's been training in like secret for like months. Like huh. she's been all in and out of the performance center. They've been like talking her up and whatever. Because I mean, it's kind of like it's a tough spot if they want to bring her in on full roster. Yeah. You know, uh, like she just get to jump in and jack all these people. Well, that's it because she yeah. has the, the name recognition, For but sure. they don't want necessarily to it to look like a celebrity match, which looks like garbage town. Yeah. Right. Like if they're going to. Unless you're Stephen Amell. It may looked OK, but like, like but like Ronda Rousey, like snarky kayfabe power. Ronda Rousey is immediately woman Brock Lesnar. Right. Like, I mean, former UFC champion. Yeah, There's only a couple of those wrestlers. Yeah, right? exactly. And they usually dominate. You have like you have Ken Shamrock and Brock Lesnar. And, that's, and they dominated. Like, when well, they well think up. about what the WWE is trying to do, right? They want all of those former UFC oh. people to be fucking stars to entice more of them to make Absolutely. that jump as it goes. It, uh, it lets credibility to the WWE brand. For sure, for sure. But if it looks like crap in the ring, for sure, for yeah, sure, for sure, it's sure. like yeah. a disaster. Yeah, but she knows how to take a fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's got a black belt in judo. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, her, I'm... In no way doubting like Ronda Rousey as like physical as an athlete. Like, are, you, athlete. are you kidding me? I'm talking about like like how like how not, not just an athlete, like a combat athlete, but, like, like someone who knows like, how to get thrown on the ground and not. How's her like pacing and her match storytelling and all that stuff? It's like oh yeah, her mic work is gonna need. Yeah, how's her mic work? You know, like how's her body language in the ring when it's not like ah, uh, like, she loses her first match in wrestling and doesn't talk to the, <laughs> the press for months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of UFC... Does she uh, get paid $100 million for it? Ah. UFC wrestling... Uh, Just like Gene Oakland chasing around backstage. Ronda, comment. Yeah. Uh. Oh, man. There, was a, there was a thing on ESPN with Ronda. Eh? Like, when she just, like, it's a year later. And she just like she's like I don't want to talk about it. And gets like real quiet and weird. Like, a about year later? UFC, about her UFC losses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Like, it's also... It's so... You're like... Uh, I, like, like, she, she, gets, she gets like visibly like rattled by the question. And I was like... Does this question... Like, how have you not been like... Coached and mentally prepared for this question, even if it is like Over, a sore. Totally, and like, and also now the WWE people against her on the mic. Do they not get to bring it up? Is it like off the limits because she's too sensitive? Because yeah, exactly. if you were fucking out there, I would go right for it. You yeah, know? Exa- exactly. until you get in the ring with her. Well, and she ruin a good joke, and you die. There's, right. there's she a breaks her arm. There's a great, <laughs> great gift that came out of the Royal Rumble. So uh, Roman Reigns has talked about this on uh, Chris Jericho's podcast about how. You got to be a little like stiff with Brock Lesnar to get him engaged. Like otherwise, he kind of like shows up and takes his paycheck. So they're like, you got to like, got to give, give it a little. Got to give it a little. Get mm. him riled up and all that stuff. So, Ron Strowman presumably knows this, 
And, like, there's, like, a sequence. It's hilarious. Like, comes up, like, Lesnar's on the ground and, like, knees Lesnar in the face. Like, Lesnar's neck snaps back. Lesnar pops up and delivers two of, like, the quickest non-wrestling punches you've ever seen. (laughs) No big follow-through. Just, like, like, up and down. And, like, almost knocks out Braun Strowman. (laughs) Like, you just see, like, Strowman is, like, glass-eyed. And for, like, a while after, he's, like, not just selling... The hit, like you're like, no, he's not right. Like, yeah, like, yeah. He's, like, like, he's seeing stars. Yeah, exactly. He needs and, that and belt it's, just like, it's just like he comes up so quick, and like you know, it wasn't even a wrestling spot because like they would have sold it bigger if it for was. Sure, it's for just sure. like you hit two bro- devastating <laughs> pinpoint accuracy exactly. punches. You hit Brock Lesnar too hard, and like UFC mode kicked in, and you're, like, <laughs> and you're just like, oh god. And like, and if you weren't a seven foot tall, five hundred pound guy, you'd be like unconscious. Yeah, of, of like, all of the people, I don't want to be like riling up. <laughs> you're saying that earlier so casually. Yeah, let's just like make sure his heart is in it. Let's get him a little pissed off. Brock fucking Lesnar. But yeah, so I think it, I, Scott said it earlier in the email thread. You think it's a slam dunk signing Ronda Rousey? Like, oh I, yeah, I think so. Too. Easy money, yeah. super big crossover. I think it might be good for her like mental stability to be like where a performance doesn't necessarily hinge on her winning or losing. And <laughs> do you know what and, I mean? And for it's someone who wants to the be game. in Hollywood, like WWE Pictures is right there, ready to put her in everything she wants to be in. Right. Yeah. They can they can make movies with the Miz. They can make movies with Ronda Rousey. Totally. But is she a good promo? That's I think that's that's where I'm like she will like sink or swim on the, her ability to cut a promo. Like she's got a lot of pressure on her to deliver in some regard. Yeah. You know, along she this doesn't enterprise. even have to be great. She just yeah. has to be tough. Yeah. 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 Or 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 avoid her cutting promos. All together and just make her like a silent like mobster, not mobster, but like monster, kind of just like boom, 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 boom. Hmm. Like that's like she did not speak when she showed up at the Royal Rumble. She just like got in the ring, pointed at the sign, like took her pop and took her pop, like went to shake the hands of like the champions or whatever, and then like pointed at the sign again, and that was that was it. So she she spoke no hmm. words. That was I think it was fun. What'd you guys get up to this weekend? I went to the Plastis R, where they were showing a uh, big exhibit on the Western that is canceling. Debbie and I have been watching a lot of Westerns. I like Western movies. Okay. And uh, so we did that. We watched a fancy Western, and we went to the Musée des Beaux-Arts exhibit. A fancy Western, like a stage production or like a film? No, 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 like the film. Oh, oh, in the film. So like that small, like this small room there, like their little film room they have? No, there's a whole huge exhibit that that has like video clips from all the different like eras of Westerns cinematically. They have a a whole bunch of Native American artifacts that are being represented here and there. Mm -hmm. They have uh, big exhibits on, um, remember Buffalo Bill, if you've heard of him? If the name at all means anything, it's because he was a real dude who was like a Western explorer, adventure guy who recruited a bunch of Native Americans and other Western people to Mm -hmm. travel with him around Europe with artifacts about it. So they had a bunch of his, like, his gear there. It was fun. And also we watched four Westerns, I want to say, getting... Getting hyped. into this point, like getting hyped. On. Which this? ones? Let's get Western hype. Okay, so we'll do one of them. I know, I know westerns. I like westerns. Yeah. Okay, so we watched Once Upon a Time in the West this weekend, okay. which is like a big classic. Mm-hmm. You know, do you know of it or do you know what? what John it's like? Ford. Oh heck no! This is Sergio Leone at uh, the height of his powers. Spaghetti. Yeah. I, spaghetti. I, 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 I've certainly heard of it. I, I feel like I've watched it at some point, but it does. Do you like know why westerns are awesome in it, cinema? Because of spaghetti westerns and Sergio no. Leone. Seventy so millimeter film. Well, big, for no big, reason. Big giant 
vistas. So just Ooh. as historically, I'm going to do like the five minute sell on like why westerns. Even if you don't like westerns as a movie, they are important historically, in, in, very important in terms of cinema, and also in terms of kind of reflecting the American dream. Well, right? that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as like the West is being settled, like the, the era of the West is dying at the end of the 1800s. That's like right when cinema was becoming a thing. So like very early movies often were westerns, just because like that's what was on people's mind. That was like what it was yeah. exciting at the time. Yeah. And then that meant that when people wanted to go and like make fun of that, or people started realizing like the the American whitewashing iconography of the West of like the evil Indians, you know, yeah, and yeah. the like Americans coming to save and civilize and Christianize everybody. Like that starts getting made fun of really early, like the twenties and thirties already they're, they're like questioning that narrative. And so by the time you get to the spaghetti Westerns in the fifties, so mm -hmm. like once it's time a time of the West is late 50s and in fact Sergio Leone had done the Dollars trilogy immediately before Once Upon a Time in the yeah. West right so like uh, Fistful, Fistful of Dollars, Dollars Clint Eastwood like all that shit for a few dollars more a few dollars, more. Few dollars more all of them great yeah. no question but then you get to Once Upon a Time in the West and um, it's like he actually wanted to stop doing westerns, and then they kind of roped him, the, the studios roped him back into doing it. And so yeah. he wanted this to be his, like, big final nail in the coffin of the West. It was like, uh, whatever. So it's got Jill McBain, who is played by Claudia Cardinale, who's like that classic image of... You'd love this girl. I'm yeah. sure you do, that image of her. Like the, she has, like, the tan look and, like, the big bleached blonde hair and the raccoon eyes. Um, <laughs> what do you call it? Mascara? When, when, when John said you would love this girl, he pointed to me. Yes. <laughs> you would love this girl. I mean, probably. <coughs> and anyway, then there's the three guys who are either trying to kill her or save her or help her out. It's like a classic. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so wonderful movie. Westerns. Uh, I don't know. I, w I always, like, have a hard time getting my head in them. Like, I find their pacing is often very weird. Like, it's often very slow and then violent. How long did you have my copy of Outlaw Josie Wales? A while. That is a slow-paced movie. It's a, it's a great and, movie. And also, it's a classic. They, they are very slow. And Once Upon a Time in the West is criticized even for being slow in an age of slow movies. Yeah. So it's very fucking slow. But, like, when when that's happening, you can be bored or you can... Yeah. Claudia, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you can realize that... <laughs> hey, hey, phones. You can... That, that, that's where he's, like, drawing on the Kurosawa thing, and it's, like, bleeding back into him. Like, this movie has, like, a 30-minute build-up to the climax of the fight, and then right as the, the fight is about to break out, it cuts to, a um, like, a flashback where you get some of the motivation behind one of the main characters, and mm -hmm. then it cuts back to the final fight, which is over in a split-second Akira yeah. Kurosawa, two, two knife blade swings, and it's over. Yeah. Like, it's a great movie. That's fun. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I mean, like, certainly, like, I really enjoyed Hateful Eight. A lot, which mm -hmm. does that a lot, where it's just like super slow, Build super methodical, up. five seconds of violence, and you're yeah. like, whoa. So, I watched Tombstone within the last couple of weeks. That's in the 80s era, if I recall 90s correctly. Maybe. 90s. 90s. Yeah. yeah. And? It's great. How does it hold up? Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer. Yeah. At the height um, of their powers, right? Val Kilmer uh, yeah. falls pretty low right after. Um, <laughs> Michael Byan as, as Johnny Ringo. Mm -hmm. It's just Did you very, guess? very good. Sam Elliott is in there playing the older Earp brother. Right. Did you guys ever have that thing when you were, like, a kid growing up where, because of, like, westerns and stuff, like, when you want to look at, like, uh, Lone Ranger and all that stuff, you kind of thought that the cowboys were around in the 50s? <laughs> like, I remember, no, like, I did not, Keith. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, we're talking really young here, like, like five, six years old, like, before, like, you understood, like, like I was just sort of, like, like if you watch, like, a whole, like, an old black and white thing of, like, the Lone Ranger, I was like, I guess that, from that time, there were still cowboys. Not at all. Huh. Yeah. Because <laughs> those movies were on the same time as, like... Space exploration stuff. Yeah, but the black and white stuff. Like okay, but hold on. So you're exposed yeah. to black and white TV, and that strikes you as being something real? Because like for me, the westerns, the early ones, when I was a kid, they were in black and white. And then you're like, 
Well, oh, you no, know I, that it's, it's I, like I a under, time in the I past. I understood that they were like fictitious, but I think my brain didn't like, if I watched sort of like most sitcoms, mm-hmm. they were like, sitcoms were set in the 80s. Do you know what I mean? And it was like of their time. So sure. if I watched like a Western in the 50s, I thought that it was like of the time. Did, didn't get that whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, I, we're not, I wasn't like, I wasn't like 15 or 16 years old, guys, mm-hmm. when this is happening. I was like very, very young, like watching like Lone Ranger. What was the, uh, Howdy Doody, I think was a big one too. Yep. He's like, a puppet. <laughs> like Bonanza also. But those are in the like comedy yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. That's it, but yeah. I was like, all oh, these old things, I was like, <laughs> like I like in my mind, I was like, John West Wayne. Western Times was like a time in like not a hundred years earlier. But like so one of the characters in Once Upon a Time in the West, the harmonica playing guy, okay. is ostensibly the good guy of the story, kind of. He like shows up and... Such a memorable name, too. Yeah. Harmonica well, playing guy. He doesn't have a name. He's like, he's like another one of those like heroes with no name. Same as Poncho Guy from Fistful of Dollars yeah, and yeah. whatever. That's anyway, so he, he's supposed to be like the edgy anti-hero. Right. And then he gets into like a bit of a sort of rapey kind of zone and, mm. he, and and you know he's like one of those 50s 60s heroes. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like weird. <laughs> it's like an unapproachable character, you know, yeah. same as when you have James Bond slapping what's her name's ass. It's like kind of one of those moments. Yeah. How do you, how do you get behind that as a hero? I don't I don't. I don't I mean, yeah. You got you got to look at it kind of as an artifact of its Yeah, artifact they, of its they, time. what do you call it? I was watching Saturday Night Live this weekend and they had uh, a sketch about that, whereas uh, Will Ferrell was hosting, and he played like some kind of like clearly a send off of like Jerry Lee Lewis mm-hmm. kind of situation, and he was just sort of like, "Well, she was seventeen years old," and then, and then it's like keeps getting like younger and younger, yeah. being like, "She was twelve, ha ha," and just like playing the piano. Wasn't and stuff. she though? Pretty Thirteen. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and and then, like, the, the, it cuts back. It's, like, kind of, like, the framing is, like, a Columbia House thing. And, like, it's Kate McKinnon and Beck Bennett being, like, what? It, this is not okay. <laughs> they, well, like, we shouldn't be selling these anymore. <laughs> just gracious. Great balls of fire indeed. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's, like, it's just, and it, it begs that question. If you're just sort of, like, hmm, do I, is this, should we just not be selling this anymore? It's, like, like half of the catalog of, of Chuck Berry, right? <laughs> And Chuck Berry made it super weird. Also, yeah. like are you allowed to purchase Cosby in any form? Right? Uh, like, I'll tell you what. I was yeah. talking about downloading cartoons for my kid. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, look, a bunch of Fat Albert." No, not going to do it. I'm just not Don't need it. Like, but like, here's the thing: is there in in a single frame of Fat Albert? Is there the slightest of hint of his rapacious nature? Like, all of the lines were written for him, right? I mean, I don't, I don't remember any like. I don't like remember any day rape drugs. In, my, in, in my fat Albert. <laughs> but I'm sure if I go looking for it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I mean, but it's one of those things. Like I mean, like here's yes, if you're downloading it, you know, illegally. nobody's getting any money. It's 50 years removed from the present day. Right. Yeah, but I don't really want his work lauded. Yeah, exactly. What hap- What happens <clears throat> if Archer's like, yes, Daddy? This is the show. This is my role model. I wish to grow up to be a. Yeah, exactly. I want to know more about the creator of this and explore it further. Like, I mean, I feel, I feel you just kind of got to make that call and just be like, you know what? There's other stuff that is not, uh, you know, linked with women abuse and taking advantage of people and drugging them. Like, just you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? (laughs) From Hollywood. Uh, Wait. That was uh, it. Was in more. <coughs> there was more Me Too stuff. Obviously, you too. Me Too at oh, the Grammys. Grammys were last Gram- night. Also, Lita at the Royal Rumble had a Me Too hashtag. Uh, no hashtag Times Up had a hashtag Times Up, which is the the other hashtag of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Man, it 
so weird. Uh, Woody Allen seems once again under the microscope. Uh, he just they just canceled it. Amazon canceled his deal because mm-hmm. he had a couple movie deal with Amazon. And it's kind Didn't of like he do a, a movie with Louis C.K.? Huh? <laughs> I think he was in the Louis C.K. movie that got axed. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They just I mean, and I mean, like Woody Allen is like I think also one of those like, is it even? a secret that Hollywood has been trying to keep like no. No. Woody Allen's been known as like a sketch horrible awful person for like basically all of the time that I since knew since he married Hollywood. his daughter yeah, yeah who but you was know, like, 13 when he adopted her yeah. Ugh. yes Ugh. but I think for, since then I think has he been on the radar or is it, is it all it's, it's, it's never been something that's not mentioned with anyone looking yeah. to say something bad about him yeah one of our listeners Jer had a comment about the Me Too movement mm-hmm. uh, and he asked if how well I mean not just a listener one of our Patreon supporters yeah mm-hmm. one of our listeners slash supporters uh, Jer um, talked about and tied it tied it not directly to Gamergate but rather to the methods of like mobilization that Gamergate kind of like opened up I think Gamergate was sort of the first time where we saw like just like rapid what's the word I'm looking for like I'm, I have no idea I'm very curious to hear your analysis of this like, like rapid like mobilization in a way of like both sides like without without talking about what Gamergate even was because that's we talked about that when it happened uh-huh. just like both sides like mobilized so quickly and like rallied support from both sides and now I think we're kind of seeing like is that the way social change happens now like super fast I on really, the internet I really hope not because <laughs> like if you if you look at what happened with Gamergate like I have I have a lot like you go you read the Wikipedia page you go and you read some of the blogs from people around there. We followed it super, super closely yeah. when it was happening, and I don't, I don't know if I could really provide a succinct analysis of just what, what the fuck happened. Like no. it was so crazy. Everybody was reacting to things that neither side actually said. Yeah, and it was just this like mass hysteria around such fucking nothing. But like, at the same time, those methods of like the, the like I said, like real quick online mobil- like mobilization, I suppose, like the fact that there are blogs that are outside of the mainstream media that now have like hundreds of thousands of audience members and totally. stuff. Yeah. Like, does me too? Like, you could argue Me Too couldn't happen in any other stage of media, right? Like, like a, to get a Twitter, twenty, like a Twitter trend trending worldwide without the support of any, like, news outlet. You know See, what I mean? I think, I think the main difference between the Me Too and the Gamergate was absolutely celebrity. People, huh. there are no video game celebrities... To get involved. To get traction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's too. Like, I think like people you know I mean? like, 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 all like all name the main players in Gamergate. Now, and this is something that we. And uh, what was the Zoe name of the other girl? Zoe Quinn. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. But how much they're, traction they're, they're, do those like, two? Kinda, and and how do they, how do those names those names get traction as as victims? Like as yeah. as sorry as it is, like but yeah, that's it. So I think they that, don't yeah. get traction as victims compared to some of the Hollywood celebrities that yeah, have like come Sama out. Hayek wrote, wrote that the op-ed piece, just being like just like straight up carving, like calling out Harvey Weinstein, like like directly. And Rose McGowan and like these uh, Hollywood A-listers yeah. come out and gain traction. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have happened if they had done this in 1985 on Entertainment Tonight on but Barbara Walters. But, but, but that's what I'm saying. But, yeah. but I, I think it's celebrity though, more than... Entertainment Tonight was, is still like a piece of the machine whereas like the Me Too movement started outside of... Absolutely. And it was like B-list c- celebrities yeah. saying like I'm involved in this and there's more and all the, uh, the A-listers only come out like in response yeah. to do, the B-listers. You, know yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. like but I'm saying that's where we're at in 20... Well, I mean 2017 was where it kicked off was that the fact that they're no longer like a victim is no longer like, har- like 
trapped within the system because like where could you go? Could you go to Entertainment Tonight? I'm sure like the producer of Entertainment Tonight yeah, is not a chance is, in hell. His yeah. buddies with Harvey Weinstein. So like yeah, it would be Let, let's a also completely earth shattering. Yeah, no, don't forget true. Harvey Weinstein's six ex Mossad agents on people as part of his cover for this thing. Like it's not even just buddies with him. You could be legitimately afraid for your life, and yeah. it would be a reasonable fear. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's true. And when you are looking at you know, do you go to the news? Then you see people like Charlie Rose and Bill O'Reilly, and yeah, like exactly. you can't go to the news like anymore because they're just exactly. how many they're just ready to write it off. But yeah. yeah, like I said, I think it's kind of I don't know. I think there's like a, a like I said, not necessarily a parallel, but I think it's interesting to see the fact that like there are other methods to like get your story out, and then like mm-hmm. how how different is that from how Trump got elected? Oh, it's man. like without the support of the news, it still happens. There's a pretty awesome Netflix documentary that is a, it's like a docu-series, and I fucking cannot remember what the name of it is now. It kills me. But the sixth episode was about on the Trump brand. Right. What it really is, an interview with all the people who helped him write his books and with all the people who wrote his stuff, and and just like, the whole thing is this crazy house of cards. He has no business skills whatsoever. Everything is bullshit. And he like managed, and it's great. Great, great, great. It's it's, it's complete insanity. Well, I mean. It's not insanity. It's. No, 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 not to say. It just it's got celebrity. Was, yeah, but it, yeah. It, exactly, it's celebrity. But it also is like you said. It's like the it's like the manipulation of the perception, mm-hmm. right? Oh like, yeah, I wanted to say something about the, the gamergate stuff. Is that when y- you use a couple words that there's like a mobilizing of the whatever? There's there's a, like an implication of intent when you say something like that, right? And I don't think that there was a head force on either side of the gamergate. But thing. It, I think it was totally organic. It was just like somebody said, hey, these crazy bitches said this crazy thing that they didn't actually yeah, say. Yeah. And then there, a, lot, a lot of guys got angry about that. And then the girls, who so some of them did play up in the media, the, the negative attention that yeah. they were getting in order to further it. And then that exploded usually, out on the but, other but side. But that's kind of how movements start, right? Like, I mean, like they, <laughs> they, that was sort of like the failing of the Occupy movement was sort of like, we're here and we're making some noise. What do you guys want? Oh. No leadership. Yeah, there you was, know? And it went that, yeah. like, there, was a, there was a big example of that this year with the Women's March where they talked about like the 2017 edition of the women's march was just sort of like we're women and we're pretty upset and then they were just sort of yeah. like what's the agenda and then they were like uh, uh like not not to say like they were just they were just sort of like it was just the outrage got them there over there's the a lot of, of scattershot over the course of the last year they've like organized much better to be like oh we want we have women that have like registered and stepped forward and are running for elected positions and stuff it's like that initial energy that you need to kind of like I think that those movements start with an initial explosion, and then you're like, wait, we need to like hone this into something, or we could like lose the momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense because, like I said, the you w- need a leader. Yeah, uh, you need a Donald Trump. I mean, <laughs> in, in in a sense, <laughs> that's what happened, right? There was all these people angry at the system, and this crazy fucking dude shows up <laughs> and is like, "Hey guys, I'm gonna beat the system because I'm just an ordinary idiot like you." Yep. And then it turns out he was correct that he was an ordinary idiot. Does not. That he was going to beat the system. <laughs> He's just going to make it so much just worse. Make it so much worse. <laughs> just play ball. With the o- Oprah Kanye, twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. Oprah would be a nightmare as bad. Oh as yeah, Trump. like <laughs> exactly. Like ins- I, I, Cult of personality yeah, and just, well, no, no actual no experience with politics. politics. Yeah, well, who is it? someone? Uh, someone was talking about that. Or just being like, just what? Mm. Why? They're like, mm. what? What is the like, the obsession with the fact that politicians? Like is a negative word. Like just sort of like we saw it even in the Canadian election, oh, right? Totally. When, when Stephen Harper was like like lambasting Mulcair, being like, "Look at this career politician." I'd be like, "Because yeah, he's, he's you were the prime minister. Yeah. Like, what is your career?" No, but, you know, but it's just like like there's no other like <coughs> like office. Like imagine like the the chief of police being like, "Look at this career police officer trying to be chief of police." Yeah. 
why not John? Well, why not John? Make him in charge of the police. You it know? it like, says something about the like he's trust in touch with the people. people in in our quote yeah. unquote leaders, <laughs> the yeah, politicians. Exactly. That, like for that sure, like I get the, how the, the how like someone gets into that mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so used to being screwed by the system that anyone even remotely associated no, with the system. No, it's it's again it's a product of the 20th century making celebrity out of politicians. Yeah, and then that became the only thing that we knew them for, like Ronald Reagan. Well, like like John Kennedy mm-hmm. gives great speeches, is famous, is president. Well, forget the fact that he was, was a, a he was a, a political politician. He was a career politician. He made good speeches and and, <laughs> and like groomed to be president from the time he was born. Yeah, but that's not what people know about him. People yeah. know that he was famous yeah. and a great speaker. And, he slept and with that's Monroe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when when you end up with a person like Donald Trump or Oprah Winfrey, you you see. This is someone I know. This is someone I like to watch them talk. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, and that's the appeal. Like it the, it, the, it the throws the out the, the fact that a lot of these politicians that gave these great historic speeches had actually been doing the bureaucracy for years and years and years before yeah, exactly. that. It's like they, they have to be like a full package, not just a good speech. Like, yeah. wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be great if you could just, you know, like vote for them based on their merits? You have like President Noam Chomsky yeah. out of nowhere. <clears throat> Well, yeah. I mean, but well, 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 we might end up. That'd be also kind of terrifying. But he would not deliver good, impassioned speeches. President uh, Dwayne uh, the Rock Johnson. <laughs> yeah, there's the other side. Come of the at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gonna give Russia the people's elbow. Yeah, exactly. It's like how many people be like, yeah, Isn't that ironic. Like Rock cuts a mean. Rock cuts a mean promo, promo. man. <laughs> like, like, can you imagine the Rock at the debates? He'd be like, oh, Rocky wins every debate. <laughs> You're just like, what? Like he's not saying anything. He just he asked if we could smell what he was cooking. <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> exactly. Very weird. Uh, <laughs> Every question challenging him, he just raises the eyebrow. Exactly. The debates. Uh, excuse me, what did, what did you say your name again, Mr. Speaker? <laughs> it doesn't matter what your name is. Why? <laughs> Why is he insulting the Speaker? <laughs> Can he go to a debate even if he's not really I really, really want to see the ad for that debate. Because then on one side of the screen, you're going to have like... Senator Clinton dressed up in a nice suit and whatever. Bernie and the other Sanders, side, fucking no, no shirt on <laughs> yeah, with yeah. like tassels and greased up hair. And like they come, like Bernie Sanders in the Rock. I was yeah. like, do the do the presidential candidates? I think they might even come out to music, so we could even come out to his theme song. <laughs> like I think they usually play like the like bum bum like 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 presidential like marching kind of stuff when they when they make their entrance. But Rock mm-hmm. could come out to like if you smell and the crowd huge pop. I guess that would be pulling the, the like curtain fully back from the American presidency. Yeah. Because it kind of is that, right? Like it's, it's, it's a popular vote, like emphasis on popular. Mm-hmm. Like that's their, they don't elect a party, they elect a president. So it's a dude, and if there's a, if one dude is, has enough Americans behind him, that dude gets to be president. <laughs> Man, that heel turn would be awful. Right? Hmm? That heel turn would be awful. <laughs> 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 the worst thing that ever happened. <laughs> what did you say your name was, America? It doesn't matter what your name is. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you'd probably vote for him. <laughs> he'll turn for the second term. <laughs> <laughs> I was elected on principles. Principles that sucked. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Uh, <laughs> wow. Got real non sequitur there, guys. Uh, what, else, what else you guys have going on? I oh, I watched a bunch of movies. This a bunch, a bunch of, of like new movies. I watched uh, Murder on the Orient Express. The, oh, uh, I really Kenneth wanted Brana. to see that. Was it good? It was the Agatha Christie movie made in 2017. So it was slow and character driven, and I understand completely why it did not do very okay, well but, in but theaters. But it could be awesome. 
right? It was beautiful to look yeah. at. Well, apparently Kenneth Branagh was just sort of like waving his cinematographic dick all over the place, being like, do you know how a camera could move around a train? <coughs> like the camera, apparently there's like... Looks z- great. Like zillions of shots that are just like, look at me film a train. <laughs> Which I mean like... Uh, but also, I would, probably, about I would be into like watching it, you know. Yeah. And I'm sort of oh like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I'd be if like, if you like looking at a movie, you'll love this movie. Yeah, Just yeah. I understand completely why not everyone went to see this movie. <laughs> Apparently, there's something to do about um, somebody's mustache. Oh, his it's like a big deal. His mustache. Yeah. But to be fair, her. Poirot's mustache is like it's like part so of the character. Part of the character. And it just like doesn't look like those old PBS Hercule Poirot things. It's not like a small, greasy little curly mustache. But it's, it's a, a big mustache in the books, yeah. right? Like it's like the the old PBS mustache was not actually like the mustache is supposed to be like absurdly large and like mm-hmm. he takes great pride in it. But everybody kind of makes fun of him for it, like on the side. Like that's yeah. how the how Christie wrote it. Mm-hmm. It's also a, a like star-studded ensemble cast. How um, does Johnny Depp? tear up scenery and be the worst? No! That's oh. the best part of the movie. What a, t- what a twist! <laughs> what a treat! <laughs> well, he actually plays the murder victim, so he doesn't get a whole lot of time to, <laughs> huh, to stick around. Like, just, more like more. while he's dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like stumbling all over you're like, oh man. The whole, the whole ensemble <laughs> cast just looking at him sadly. <laughs> Doing like somersaults backwards and forwards down the train. Stop it, Johnny. Just, just Johnny. It's Nobody's more, impressed. It's more natural. <laughs> what I think... I think maybe Bronoff filmed that and then was just and like... It ended up on the good, floor. Good stuff, Johnny. Good, good stuff. Good, good, great, great good. the cameras were, were uh, loving it. They were yeah. off, right? Off? Good. Yeah, okay. off. <laughs> it's just like a camera spinning. There's no film in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, does it deliver? Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, I've seen... I've read the book. I've seen other adaptations of it. This is the prettiest of them. Hmm. Um, also, like, a good train. You know. Yeah, I mean, it makes you <laughs> okay, want to go on a train. Here's the real question: Is it better than Snowpiercer? Because I don't know if they can make a better train movie than Snowpiercer. I mean, the ending makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. He meets God. <laughs> I mean, wasn't there snakes on a train? <laughs> I don't. No, you're thinking Under Siege. Oh, Under, Under Siege Two on a train. That I remember. But I feel that there was like a, a, a knock, an off-brand homage, maybe one of those Asylum film. Uh-huh. Like garbage things of snakes on a train. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it's it's a full A-list cast. Each of them bringing their A-list game for the period piece drama mystery. Mm-hmm. It's a great watch. I liked it. How would you How would you rank it? I, I mean, mean, that's the question, right? Is it the highest ranked Kenneth Branagh movie? I was going to say, well, hmm. I don't know. Oh, well, we haven't ranked Thor. <laughs> Uh, well, hold on. Let's take a. Oh yeah, no, no, no. no the no, second, no, 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 the fr- yeah, the right, first, the first one, one was, but no. it wasn't anything very special. No. I think we'd have to go back to his Hamlet to get a like a real standout film. It's been a while since I've seen him. But uh, much ado about nothing. I was going to say it's the movie. highest rated. Yeah, but fuck much ado about nothing. I love that movie. Fuck no, you. but I, I just I mean the play. It's I just, love that play. It's just been done too many times. I'm like sick of seeing it. Because it's happy and funny, it's like and still kind of relevant. Okay. Uh, I don't know. So what's up? What's up? Where's yeah. where are you, where are you are going? I mean, Mordecai. Mordecai is the, uh, the other... Man, I got, oh, I got seriously the 20 minutes into it. I couldn't the other, do it. The other Johnny Depp vehicle, Mordecai. Just like Murder on the Orient Express is a Johnny Depp vehicle. I'd say we should do a Depathon and fill out the list oh, with okay. all of his terrible movies, but I don't... But I mean, no, but you, we could, we, you could, like, buff the list, too, yeah. right? Like, you could include, like, Edward Scissorhands. You could include Fear and Loathing. Yeah. Like, uh, there's, there's ways to put Johnny Depp higher than Mordecai. It's true. <laughs> It could happen. What are you looking at? Force Awakens. Let's start there. 
Well, hold on. This is like a more serious movie. Hey, but Force Awakens is my middle rank ground. Right. That's what I. That's I just. That's why I grasp Force. Is it actually the middle ground? It's what number is it? Because uh, we're at 109 films on the list right now. So okay, number 50 is Lego Batman. Is it better than Lego Batman? Huh? <laughs> huh? How about Kong Skull Island? You're 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 strong into Ooh. that one. Top Gun, Baby Driver. You get into. No, it's under that. Under Baby Driver. Well, that, that narrows it down quite. Uh, so is it better than Lego Batman? You're getting a narrow. Is area it there. better than Ghostbusters 2016? How is that at 51? That one and cool. Suicide Squad are. We got to fix. We got our fix. All right. Yeah, because it's. I mean, <laughs> even the announced the Ghostbusters 2016 is the four of them were funny. Funny enough to be worth watching, and that is better than half the movies on that's, the list. That's a <laughs> I would, I would, funny I, I enough think, to watch. I think I we're in the right area. Sad that it is above like the descent, creep. even right, just right there. The fact yeah. that it's above the descent. Man, you know what? None of us had seen. Or I hadn't seen it at that. At All that. Right, I, I would there. say like right under Baby Driver, right above the Fate of the Furious. Okay, that's about where it would go. That's yeah, it's pretty good. That's high praises. Yes, yeah. it top it 50. looks. I bet great. Like there's no part of this movie that you don't pause. And couldn't just print out in a big film print and put in your living room. Like, have, it looks great. I have looks great period piece also that I did. I finally, um, I love the Bioshock games, y'all. Uh-huh. Uh, so much do I love the Bioshock games. They yeah. were like, I th- Bioshock Infinite I think might have been the last game that I bought full price. Like I got like release date. I almost mm-hmm. never do that. Like it's a big pile of money. Uh Bioshock Infinite, when it came out, had two pieces of DLC. If you're not familiar with the Bioshock universe, there's the first one is an underwater city. Then there's the second one, which was uh, kind of a cash grab to raise money to make money for the third one, yep. which is a flying city. Like uh, the uh, Ken Levine crew didn't had nothing to do with the second one. They were all preparing for the third one. They just like outsourced yep. the second game to help fund it. Anyway. Uh, they're not direct sequels right up until the very end sequence of Bioshock Infinite where they start to play with infinite realities and then they kind of make you realize that the characters are not only, like, similar, they're the same, right? Right. Like, they are both good guy and bad guy are also the same person. Anyway, they tie it together. They brought out this DLC called Burial at Sea where uh, you are the characters from Bioshock Infinite in Rapture Two days before, if you played Bioshock, yeah, yeah, two days before the Everything New goes Year's down? Eve uprising. Holy shit! Yeah. So when did that come out? It came out almost right after Infinite. Huh. It never um, got cheaper than fifteen bucks a chapter on the PlayStation Store. So it was okay. always thirty bucks, and I was like, that's a DLC. lot of money for DLC from a like three-year-old. Four yeah, year exactly. Old so anyway, but then they, <laughs> the PlayStation Plus had the Bioshock. HD remastered collection with all the DLC for 30 bucks, And I was like... That's not bad. Okay. I was like, I'll get all of it. Apparently, there's a really good DLC for two also. So I went back and played it. The HD remastered looks so good. Like, I was like, man, Bioshock always just looks, like, amazing. I don't know. Did you... Uh, I'll give you a funny story about where Bioshock came from. System so, Shock. So you, well, if you remember System Shock, yeah. they were trying to basically do the same thing. And somebody, somebody one of their, like, graphic guys yeah. did a really good rendering of water. And he was like, hey, our underwater effects are going to be fucking baller in this game. And then Ken walked over and was like, this is so amazing. Let's base the whole game around this underwater effect. And that's, that's where Bioshock <laughs> came from. And it's the best. It's like, it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I will also say that between the two pieces... It's like the, the saw story of movie making. Yeah. Figure out what you can do. Yeah. And do it. Well, like, it can we make a movie in one room? Okay, what's the movie about? <laughs> can well, we make really good underwater look? 
Well, that, right, that was the, the, game the beginning about? of Bioshock Infinite, right? We yeah. were at the Q&A in PAX. It was kind of the same thing where they just like, they had a little city underwater and put an X. They had a little city on the clouds and they circled it. And yeah. they were like, <laughs> that was the beginning of the new game. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, probably the like super satisfying ties in even further, connects the two games. Mm-hmm. Like you get more into the infinite reality stuff. As far as like gameplay time between the two of them, they're both about five hours each. So I'm it's like thirty bad. bucks for a ten hour game. Yeah, uh, you know I'm like it's not, especially like, when it's like in a setting you know you're gonna have fun with. Yeah, exactly, you know, and and like it like it pays off too. Like like it just uh, it ties Elizabeth more into the little sisters, mm-hmm. which I mean like they, the little like Elizabeth Songbird, little sisters, big daddy was already like it was already there, but like yeah. it ties them together. It starts the two bad guy scientists turn out that they've been working together across like a reality tear. Crazy. So that's why there's even more overlaps than they originally thought. And it thought. like explains the synchro- synchronology between like the tech and the the look and feel of both yeah, of the places. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. So they were both like they were piping tech back and forth to each other. Like mm-hmm. super fun. I like really really enjoyed it for a game that came out a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, also the HD remaster of Bioshock looks like it runs on the PS4 and looks almost as good as a PS4 game, mm-hmm. like, even though it's just upscaled PS3 technology. Sure, sure. It like essentially other than faces like faces don't look amazing but like you don't have a ton of faces in Bioshock right you're mostly yeah. just wandering on the locale and splicers are still the creepiest just you know just in general power wielding dudes and bunny masks are just all kinds of scary amazing A plus Bioshock Burial at Sea and I'm so sad that Ken Levine said he's basically never making like a triple A title again because he's like I mean I get it <laughs> so much work he got a lot of flack and uh, I bet you there's a ton of stuff that he wanted to do with Bioshock and Bioshock and, and, and he I, never got and, to and do and I don't know? even understand the flack like even Sarah as a, as a bystander to Bioshock was like she was like watching me play out the climax of Burial at Sea and she's watched me play I think all of them even and she was like she's like this is some like Game of, Lo- Game of Thrones level storytelling Oh, no, but just say no. But like, but the way everything ties in, you're like, what? I like, guess. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you never, you haven't played it. You I like, played Bioshock Infinite. I did mm. not play. You're right. The one DLC, none of that was anywhere close to remotely the complexity of Game of Thrones. I mean, no, but I'm dude. just no man. The level of like, I, I, I'm not saying it's Game of Thrones, but it's like, yeah. Well, the, you, she the did. Four, and you were no, but the it. forethought of stuff. I said Game of Thrones esque, uh-huh. like just like the forethought and the way it ties together and whatever. Like you said, it, it like it just led. It leads itself to. There was so much more that Ken probably had in his mind, and there was sure. like, it didn't play out the way we wanted it to. And I was like, shut up. What do I you mean? Know. I really liked Infinite. I don't know why I got flagged. Like, is it did get flagged? Oh, sure. I mean, it was. Uh, I don't like if right away when I hear that either time traveling or multiple universes, I'm the fuck out. I yeah. just don't care anymore. No, nothing ever makes sense, and it doesn't like. So it was like fun to go through it, but the storyline, like when you got to that point, yeah. kind of broke down. I don't know. I, 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 I get why it got flagged. I still think it was a brilliant game. Like I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm like knocking a game I loved yeah, just yeah. for the sake of conversation because I, I did have super good time with it. But it's not something I would go back to and play again. So like from a game aspect, I don't, like I'm, I'm kind of done with it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the universe is just I don't know. Uh, like I said, I, I feel that yeah, pours his life into a thing, and people are like, it was different from how I thought. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not making trouble. I, I don't know how anymore. he could be sad about anything that came out of that. Like they were, they were, yeah. they're both well regarded. Cool. What's up? <laughs> I, know, I know Scott has more movies. I was saying we haven't talked about video games in like episodes. It's because I've been I've been so like deeply hooked on old school roguelikes. I've do- I'm neglecting my duty of going and looking at other video you games. Played, uh, mobile. You played a lot of time in that mobile game, right? Like, oh man, w- w- no, what, definitely. What's, what's the one? 
I, I don't even know what you're referring to. Was, wasn't there like a dungeon crawler one on your phone that you were super into? N none of the really good roguelikes can be played on, on phones because you need too many different commands to put them in. Okay. It's like too co they're too complicated. But there was something, though, you used to play on your phone. I remember you were like... Not really. I never even played um, uh, Pokemon on the phone. Oh, that's like not really a roguelike, though. <laughs> no. Oh, well, there, there is like a roguelike dungeon light okay. game okay. called Dungeon... I can't even look it up. I'm not going to. But... There, there are there is there's like one tiny little mini one, but I don't know because I, I just remember when we were traveling. I think possibly to Texas, you were playing a little huh. dungeon dungeon crawly thing, and you showed it to me, and you were like, "It is a roguelike light." I like I don't know anything about phone gaming. I, yeah, I, yeah. Like I'm always in front of a computer, and in fact, I'm usually in front of two. So <laughs> right. two different computers. You, yeah. I, I know. play a, almost all of my gaming on my phone. Right, because <laughs> well, your your dad stuff. So suggest yeah. suggest a phone game, dude. Uh, most of the games I play are games you'll play for, like, under five minutes. Okay. Just because I need to be able to... Pay attention to your son. Put the phone down and go put out a fire. Or uh, put the phone down and uh, take the knives away. Yeah. You know, real quick stuff. Um, I play a puzzle game called 13, mm -hmm. which is like a little math square game that mm -hmm. I like a lot. I think I showed it to you, John, uh -huh. uh, over the holidays. Uh, it's good little... Addition, yeah, it's Tetris a, kind I, of game. Yeah, I find phone games just always are that five minutes or like okay. or not ro not robust I mean, enough. I play this a CCG. Your, this, if you think they're not robust enough, this is your homework assignment. Go and beat Pixel Dungeon. Pixel Dungeon. That was the Pixel one. Dungeon. There, there's like a thousand. So the the dude is that a congregate game? Is it what congregate? congregate. No. So it's a it's like it's a, a dungeon rogue. It's, it's a, a rogue like light. It's a dungeon. There's a dungeon. You walk your guy around the dungeon and you try and get to the bottom. If you die, you're dead forever, and then you go back to the start. And the dungeon is randomly created every time you play it, so it's never the same thing. And it, it like you could probably play a game for a year and not even come close to beating it. It's quite difficult. There's huh. Stone Soup, whatever, on mobile, but I'm sure it must be a nightmare. So Dungeon Crawl, yeah, it's it's an incredibly complicated game to begin with, which I highly recommend to everybody because yeah. it's probably one of the best games I've ever played. Just yeah. period. But yeah, you kind of need to be in front of a computer to yeah, actually. Yeah, play there, it. Like, there is a version on mobile. Then I like punked it in. and was like, no. Yeah, like if you, if you're a dad and you like have to be paying attention to a baby, it's turn based, as is Pixel Dungeon, so you can kind of get away from that. But if you can't if you can't deal with sitting in front of a screen, I get I get how you can't get into yeah, dungeon yeah. crawl. But Pixel Dungeon is is cool. good fun. Yeah, yeah, multiple classes, all kinds of shit to unlock, and uh, so what are, what are you playing now, like Zork? No, so... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just at a super old school. Yeah, so I'm into Caves of Cud right now. Okay. Which is a roguelike that's kind of like, um, if you remember, the D&D &D alternate setting from 2nd edition nope. uh, Gamma World. Oh, I do. So it's actually very much <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> you bought me the third edition yeah, version the third of Gamma World. Of <laughs> we never played it, but I did used to love that, that setting. I'm yeah, sad yeah. we never got into it. The, um, it's like a Gamma World roguelike where yeah. you play this crazy mutated thing and you wander around the waistline and you try and survive for more than 10 minutes hmm. what is it about roguelikes sean that just gets you i mean like I've, I've played some the only one that really i guess like got me and even then it's like roguelike light would be binding of isaac yeah like and yeah just usually i just don't get into them i'm just sort of like eh, okay i guess it's like is because it's all system Right? Like, there's yeah. no story, all system, which yeah. I think is just doesn't appeal well, to me. That's, that's where Caves of Cud does really good. It's, yeah. like, very big into building. So, like, when you, when you create your character, they, in part of the world, it artificially creates six sultans okay. who... And then it creates histories, and it creates the events of their life and the locations that these events happened in, and then it seeds the world with all of those events. So, like, you read books about these guys, and you can go around to all of the places that they were in. So, 
it's but it's is it like a random generated though? Yeah, like, I mean it they don't it doesn't really come into play in terms of the game that well. And the game is being updated every week, so it's like systems are not complete for Caves of Cud. Right. So you're playing a bit of a skeleton there, but and, and you're right that generally like the fun is in mastering the system yeah. before it is. Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup is probably the best one for that, where it's like Every s you level up skill points in any one of the skills. Any character can use any skill. The dungeon you could you could die. In fact, the most the the monster in the game that kills the most people, I think, is still Null, like generic Null from dungeon level two, yeah. because that's that's where people. You, it's easy to die at level two. You're going to lose half your characters before you get to level five. So, yeah, yeah. very very difficult. But um, dungeon crawl has made it, uh, like like a magical thing about rewarding de correct decisions and punishing poor decisions. Okay. So you can get your character into all these situations and you'll have a hundred different tools at your disposal to get through it. Yeah. Any one of them could be the wrong choice and if it's very much dependent upon you. You could play probably a thousand times over a year and not win once and there are guys who will win 10 or 15 times in a row. Yeah. It's Winning two games in a row of this, it, I can't even explain how complicated it is. It's, it's have you done it? Have you, have you ever, like, changed no. multiple wins? I, I did one, and then I got pretty far in my second one, but I yeah. am absolutely not at a chaining. But, uh, but, what, what, yeah. uh, but, like, what makes it even possible to chain? Like, it's just sort of like you just know the system so well that you're like, this item goes with this item, this item goes with you this You correctly item. analyze every situation. And every very like situations that don't look like they could be threatening. You turn you turn around a corner. There's a kobold over there, and there's a something over there. You're like your gut should be. I'm playing a fighter. I'm going to walk over and kill the kobold. But then like you see something else. You now need to rechange and reanalyze. Is it worth retreating or is it worth continue going? Is it when is it time to use a, a consumable item? This fun game sounds like work. Well, the thing is, I like <laughs> my games to be challenging, right? Like like yeah. when I go to play a game, I want to be I want to have to sit there and be puzzled and attacked over it you know and like other people don't want that out of their games and, I, and that's okay yeah, like yeah. I whatever it doesn't I don't, don't have a problem with that <laughs> at all but the very pinnacle of these com complicated games maybe if anybody's interested I'll, I'll go on about DCSS <laughs> later or like find a do like my, my 10 minute pitch on this game yeah, where yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. doing very well now you just I don't know, just, just start a, a dungeon crawl stone soup blog just like, and this, then I died, and then I died. I mean, and I, then I died. I could, but the like the crucial victories <coughs> of dungeon crawl. So like, you, you, you first you want to get runes. You need three runes to get into the into the like the the end of the game. So then getting three is a big step. Beating the game is a big step. But there's 15 runes that are in the world every time you play. Yeah of which you only need to get three to beat it. And so there's like another level of challenge that people do where they go and they 15 rune games. Okay. And then even after you 15 rune games, you can get access to these things called ziggurats that go on, on 27 levels deep. And then you can do infinite ziggurats. Okay. Each one scales in difficulty. Uh, like I've, I've, I've stumbled into the sub. <laughs> like I've gone into the subreddit to be like, what's all this thing? And like it's on my phone. Yeah. And then I was like, no, this is not. I mean, like I'd seen it, whatever. And it was like, just not conducive to phone gaming at all. Oh, no. And then like, yeah. yeah, just like stumbled into the sub and just was like, Oh, these people are like literally speaking a different language. Like the the the, the, the in game, not like in game, but like the the game talk is so technical that I'm like, it's it's in English, but it is not in English. Like, yeah, yeah. Like they, they, there's a lot of codes, right? Like yeah. when you start your character, you make you pick a race, you pick a class, and then every character generally you find a god, and yeah. then the, the god that you worship. There's a lot of incentive to stick with the god the whole way through the game. So talking about your character, very often you'll see things like D R F H star O K A. And yeah, you'll just, see? of course, know that that's a draconian fighter of Okawaru. And Doi. Doi. You know, but it means, it means that if you just <laughs> go to... Scott's <laughs> eyes have just been glassing over this like, entire time. I, I play a sniper assassin mm -hmm. on my phone. Mm -hmm. you, um, you buy a gun, and you then are, you shoot guys okay. with it. Potentially. And then you get money. You buy a gun. Via uh -huh. sniping. And then, then you get money for it. 
So you buy a, a, another gun. Neat. That's better. And then you shoot more guys with it. That sounds, sounds fun. That's great. I also play Temple Run 2 a lot. Just like Temple Run. But 2. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Man. Those are the games I play. Have you ever, ever played... Well, hold on, hold on. Go play Pixel Dungeon, because it's right in the middle of the two. Man. And if you're like, I only play this game for five minutes, there's like hundreds of hours of fun in Pixel Dungeon. It's really good. I actually got roped into um, Lord's Mobile recently. You'll know this one, because it advertises on every other mobile game you've ever Is played. Is it the one that got freaking the Governor in it? No, well, that's uh, one of the Maybe. war ones. Wars, Tanks. Something World like of that. Tanks. World of Tanks. I think it's World of Tanks. Uh, this, one is, World of tanks. this is the one where you see like the guys run across a bridge and then everyone dies and you're like, yay! None of that is actually in the game. Uh-huh. It's like a weird castle building, make alliances. I joined a guild and then the guild leader quit and gave me the guild and all nice. of a sudden I'm responsible for like 40 people. I have no <laughs> idea what Just I'm like doing. Steal their money and run away! Just like Kanye <laughs> in the water bottle. <laughs> 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 fell asleep and then there's a water bottle in front of you. Anyway, seriously, I woke up in the morning and they're just like, hey boss, what's the plan for today? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Man, those games it's yeah, good. don't. I did what the phone uh, cannot do. Like, just because there's a it's, paywall. It's oddly though, like, but there isn't, and there's no ads in this game. And I've been fine playing it. It's freaking me is. out. It just might happen in a hundred hours from now. Like, it might happen just in like a hundred hours from now. You'll hit a paywall, or you'll hit a guild that just kills you. And I don't know. But you also got into that stupid animation game that mm. I like. Are you still playing that? Yeah, that actually looks fun. It is fun. I'm still playing. I just got two really good cards over the holidays. Neato! Good it's cards. A, it's kind of like Christmas, I suppose. Well, cards that usually people who pay a lot of money to get them have, I ended up just kind of winning them. Yeah. I, I was like, a, oh, nice. I got into the uh, Card Wars, the Adventure Time Card Wars game a little while ago, a couple of years oh, back. Yeah. And it was like, what was kind of neat about that was that uh, whenever there were, like, events, they were 100-person events. So, like, sometimes you'd end up with, like, someone who's, like, going full tilt, pay balls to the walls to, like, guarantee first place. But, like, the events were, like, weekly or whatever. And sometimes you'd end up in, like, uh, an okay group where you're just sort of like, no, a good deck and, like, a decent strategy. You can finish top five. Even, like, I finished first place. You get, like, good cards. Mm -hmm. Because instead of making it a pool of, like, tens of thousands of players, you have, like, it's 100 people. So every now and then you're going to end up in a group of not, like, people pouring money in. The the thing with the animation throwdown was it rewarded playing it a lot. Yeah. So you could get by that by paying, but yeah. you'd be fine if you played a lot. Okay. Which was why I resigned from my guilds because there were events that lasted four days and you had to play yeah. 20 minutes three times a day each of the four days yeah, in a guild garbage. of 50 people. That was also like when... Uh, and if you're like, you don't do it, your guild loses and then they all know that you're the one who didn't play. Yeah, I played I was just like, I need some time nobody, off. Nobody this wants that pressure. I played, I played in one of those japanese games for a little while and that was exactly the same. That was exactly what got me out of it where I'm like, wait a second, I need to set an alarm for two o'clock in the morning to like Fuck. defend. No. Uh-huh. And that was what I liked about the Card Wars game, at least at the time that I was playing it, was that you, you could set your deck to like defend mode. So like you could like rank well in an event with a good enough deck just like set to defend mode because people can like challenge your deck and you get points on a defense so it's like you'd set up your deck once at the beginning of the thing and then just like leave it to defend wouldn't be you wouldn't get nearly as many rewards as actively playing but Mm -hmm. like you could still you'd get something even if you didn't log in all week as long as you set your deck at the beginning of the week which I, I find like those those games kind of sketchy. There's something a little dirty about the like reward social, like the reward feedback mechanism of games is now being mixed with the social incentive feedback mechanism of like whatever. But I mean, but it's, it's it depends on how you do it, right? Because I mean, essentially, like it's not any different than like Magic: The Gathering in a way where it's like 
You no, know, but, like, but, but I mean, like, the addictive element of Magic the Gathering was, we, like, people laughed and talked about it even when we were kids playing with the cards, yeah. you know? And so that mechanism is how people put thousands of dollars into these stupid-ass phone games. Yeah. And oh, it's true. I mean, I, I just, I think that's sketchy. I'm, I would be surprised if we don't legislate around that at some point. Maybe. It's gambling, right? Oh, yeah. Kinda. It is fully, fully right? gambling. And like it's, it's gambling Except where you're... you have no chance of winning your money back. You don't win your money back, and your friends see when you lose, and that incentivizes you to play more. You know? <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. You're, like, you're gambling, and you're just sort of like... You, like you, you're gambling with real money, and the reward is like a little bit of data that, I guess, like, you're you know? sort of like, ooh, I got a new card. <laughs> like, it's not even a real card. That's true. <laughs> yeah. like, Forget that. Uh, I've been getting ads for the new Star Wars collectible card app just one card it's not a game it's just cards on you pay app. money and they're like hey this is a picture of darth vader and i'm like that's the that's google <laughs> <laughs> why what i feel but like i i, I gotta no I gotta it's imagine. like it's like those old star wars collector's cards yeah you, you have to get all 300 or 500 but cards but it's a jpeg I, 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 I <laughs> and there's no game to it i love I feel that there was, like, a board meeting where there was, like, just maybe a lot like this. I was just, like, three dudes just being, like, like we're going to make this new Star Wars collectible game, blah, 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 blah. It's blah, not a game. Like, no, I know. And then, and then someone was, like, guys, what if it's not a game? <laughs> what if it's just pictures? Like, everyone's, like, oh, do you think anyone's going to buy it? They're, like, we should try it. <laughs> and uh-huh. like, you know? And they're just sort of, like, we can make a ton of money. And then we're, like, we're going to go to the board. We're going to be, like. We need 365 high-res photos from Star Wars. What else? High-res. It's on a phone. Yeah. <laughs> Phones have 4K display now, man. Get it. Yeah, together. but you, would you notice if it was like... You could zoom, I'm sure. They're I don't know. Can you zoom? If you pay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? It's just like... And then like the board of directors being like, hey, what else? Like, Do you need developers? You're like, not really. <laughs> you know, like, could someone big. animate a pack opening? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, uh, so, it's like so fucked up. There's like a... Like, First off, part of me is like, well, you know, there's a generation of kids who've only grown up playing with things on their phone, so it's totally normal to buy a picture of something. But like, why wouldn't you if I mean it was it, nice? Yeah. And whatever. But is there a problem with that? Is that wrong? I don't know. Well, it's, it's weird. To it's me, weird. To me, yeah. the thing where, where it gets wrong yeah. is that a company like Konami took a look at their, like, sales reports and were like, oh, these Gachapon games is where we're going to make money. You're fired, Hideo Kojima. We're not making Metal Gear anymore. Like, like that's where it gets wrong. Where I'm like, I have no problem with them existing. It's yeah. that, like, when they become gaming, you know what I mean? Like, well, like a company like Konami, like, a, like a, an established, like, 30-plus-year company made games okay, across our entire generation. We're just sort of like, we're not going to make designed video games anymore gonna make gotcha pong no that's like, not what's happening what they're saying is we're not gonna make art anymore we're gonna make money yeah lots of people in their lives oh, make that have choice made that and lots of companies have made that decision but exactly and if he d- if kojima wants to go make art as we think he does and he's he, gonna go to a little you know, art which, studio which he's doing right, right. He's so making, he's, that's like, the system working i get it but how many companies need to make that decision before like there's no like what you're saying is just you two. want art to make money <laughs> time warner aol and disney those are the only two companies that need to do it mm. aren't they almost the same now I, mean, I guess that one got refused. I mean, they were almost the only two companies. Yeah. yeah. Like, period. Does anyone want to bring it? We have a couple minutes left. Does anyone yeah. want to shoot another movie on the list? I know. Uh, we talked about Thor Ragnarok, but we didn't I have did. it on the list. Sure, we did. I don't think it's on the list because I haven't updated it yet. I don't oh. think we actually ranked it because we wanted to all I thought watch you said it. you wanted to. Wait. Oh, did you not watch it yet? I didn't watch it. I'm going to watch it this week. It was delightful. It and was, wasn't it? I, th- I think Jeff Goldblum is my favorite like, person. Mm-hmm. Like, more than you guys. I saw The Big Sick. Cool. All right. I also saw You Can't Take It With You with Jimmy Stewart. Mm. 
we want to watch a movie that just came out on video? <laughs> like, it's just like a fresh DVD release. Okay, go ahead. Do, do <laughs> yours. I, we don't have to talk I'm about it. Yours is, like, not as time-sensitive. Like 1934? Big, I don't yeah, think so. Yep. Big Sick came out, uh, came out on DVD over the holidays. Uh, it's the true story of Kamel Nanjiani and Emily Gordon as fictionalized for a film. Man, are we so sending our listeners out on this, like, outrageous happy high? What? No, wait. This is a bummer of a movie. No, it isn't not a bummer of a movie. Wait, Emily who Gordon, are these people? Emily Gordon and Kamel Nanjiani is a comedian uh, from Pakistan. Uh, he's on... Uh, I guess most recognizably... That's Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Okay. Uh, he's been on uh, Portlandia. He's been he's all over the place. It's right. very funny. We, I think we might have even seen him at Just for Laughs at one point. Uh, anyway, he met his girlfriend. They kind of got together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they broke up. Uh, he was one of the only people she knew in the city. Mm-hmm. So was the person that the ho- hospital contacted when she slipped into like a comatose. Ew. So... Then he ended up just kind of like sticking around, meeting her parents, like all this and that. And it's a true story? Yeah. This is actually like, this is how they met. Because they ended up breaking up because he thought that he was going to have to end up with a Pakistani woman through like the quasi-American arranged marriage situation, yeah. like all the pressure from his family and stuff. Uh, anyway, like I said, it is a happy ending because Emily Gordon and Kamal Nanjiani are real people who are happily married right now. So it's a sad, there are sad and like emotional gut-wrenching parts, but armed with the truth of the fact that they're real people who are happily married, you're not necessarily like, you know she doesn't die. Right. Because you know this is a true story in their Ever. <laughs> Ever. <She laughs> they fixed her forever. <laughs> she lives forever. But yeah, uh, Ray Romano is like oddly charming and endearing yeah. in it. Kamal's really... He's one of the most profitable. That like His little sitcom did insanely all around the world everywhere forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he's 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 like up there with Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Ray Romano in it, isn't it? He plays the uh, Emily Gordon's character's dad well it's not Emily Gordon it's yeah. an actress playing Emily Gordon because she's just a she's not an actress mm-hmm. for his so it's, it's like a romantic himself. comedy I guess uh, drama dramedy romantic dramedy I'd say it, like, it kinda, dark comedy it kind of hits that uh, it hits like the best parts of the like more serious Apatow movies Okay. Like not necessarily the forty-year-old virgin. Not ones. necessarily high praise. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like this thing. I like, think. Um, what was that knocked one? Up. Huh? Knocked yeah, up. Huh? Yeah, like knocked up. Like it's a little more serious. What's the fifty-fifty? Uh, Fifty-fifty is a very good example. Huh. Also, like, okay. like I said, like the more serious ones. Like not that the had some serious moments. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, ranking it. Where's our? Let's check. Comedies. The Lego Batman movie number fifty. Right in the middle. Hmm. It is better in a way than the Lego Batman movie. I'm looking. It's also better than Ghostbusters. Don't. We can't <laughs> use that as a touchstone <laughs> anymore. That. We really can. Do. We fix that now. After no, we need to. We're gonna make a. We're gonna make a <clears throat> freaking special edition. Special edition of movie re ranks. Even if it's like a little 15 minute episode. It's beneath sneakers. Uh, is it better than Star Wars? Hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm. Star Wars, Wonder Woman, Top Gun. That's. I know. That's it's what I'm a one, saying. two, three. And then Baby Driver. I mean, how much did you enjoy that movie that you saw? Because I'm looking in between Baby Driver and Fast and Fate of the Furious. One. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Express. Express. I liked it. It was prettier than it than it was good. But maybe it goes underneath Murder on the Orient <coughs> Express. You got it. Just because it's like, it's just, it's a... I don't know, like how... Because, like I said, below that, I feel that these movies stop, uh, like, necessarily being quality. I know Kong is, like, Kong is the cutoff for quality, I think. Like, mm-hmm. I, a, like, because it's start to finish. It's quality. Like, every, everybody, like, jokes are funny. Things are charming. You care about everybody. Like, hmm. it, it doesn't, like, 
it doesn't misstep, which right. I feel is like a reward of its own. Like there's and a lot somehow of we have Rogue One up at number 39 above it. I really Rogue enjoy one Rogue One, man. I mean, it was great, but it, it did have missteps. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it had a Star Wars, it had the Star Wars push. It sure did, <laughs> and, and it had Vader popping at the end. Yeah, exactly. I think you even like. I think that's how it bumped up. Just, just, just think, like guys. We almost did a whole podcast without talking about Star Wars, and then we snuck it in at the end. It happened. Nine to five right. entertainment system, everybody. Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb, usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday. A new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. Alright, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.